Hello everyone, my name is always Asmao. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube. A reminder that the show also be on podcast tomorrow morning. So if you are joining us live, please drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves. And if you're watching a recording, drop a two in the comments. My guest for this week is Sejo Modise, Head of Business Development at Eon Investment Management. She holds a postgrad in uh, investment planning from the University of Free State as well. Sejo, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much always for having me on your platform. It's such an honor, especially having worked with you at Eon Investment Management uh, when you were the Chief Operating Officer. And it's so wonderful to see the leaps and bounds you've made since then. Yes. Ah, and thank you to your audience. (laughs) Yay. So to jump straight into questions, tell mm-hmm. us your story. Where do you come from? And outside of work, who is Tejo Modisi? Give us that type of story. Okay, that's a very long story, but I'll try and keep it short, just a couple of paragraphs. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Tsiho. It's short for my full name, Retsuho Fadidre. I am Tswana, which means um, we are blessed. I come from the humble but awesome place called Bloemfontein in the Free State. I am a Free State girl and actually also grew up on a farm, which is weird now that I say it now again. And I actually studied at the University of the Free State. I actually also went to school in Bloemfontein as well. And uh, so I'm born, bred, raised everything in Bloemfontein. So me coming to uh, Eon Investment Management, the side in Cape Town was my first, like sort of me stepping out of uh, the Free State and Bloemfontein. In terms of my academic background, I studied a Bachelor of Accounting at the University of the Free State. And interestingly, I actually started out thinking that I wanted to be a CA, jumped straight into the course, third year butchered me. And I was like, I can't, I can't. Uh, But I managed to complete it. When I completed, I remember everybody asking, so do you want to do uh, honors, the CTA? And I was like, I don't like auditing. I I don't think I have nothing that will sustain me through the pain. So I I prefer not too and uh, basically who I am is I grew up as I said in on on the free state on a farm and the both my parents are teachers so I loved reading I'm really big on education and I'm a proper proper bookworm I my idea of lunch is going to like exclusive books or bargain books and looking and scouting for a book to read I have a pile of like 60 books I'm yet to read um, since last year purchasing. And also, what am I about? I like I like all things that have to do with purpose, vision, personal development, um, highly active, for instance, in my faith. Um, I'm Christian and I love being part of my church community, meeting new people. But something else that I cultivated when I was very young is that I used to, I'm passionate about business, but I'm also passionate about entrepreneurship. So I think what people see on my LinkedIn profile is that I have had a business that I started with a couple of uh, friends and they were students as well, while we were students back in university. And it was called Genesis Africa. And what we did is we started um, 
a business where we would hire artisans uh, to do home improvements, you know, like, cause we, we picked up that there was an opportunity in especially the black ma market, uh, not black bad market as in black people bad market in terms of home improvements. And we would hire the artisans that would go and do the home improvements. And then we just tried to professionalize that service. And that was a great learning experience for me. And that also gave me the conviction when I was completing my studies that that is the direction of my career to be part of uh, business development, but also um, business leadership and yeah that's basically it no that's that, that's great but so when I, I go through your linkedin profile this is head of head of business development at an asset management company so that sounds like a serious title with a lot of responsibility so what mm -hmm. advice do you have for young professionals who want to move into the investment industry well there's there's a long list that i would like to give but it all it always has to linger from it has, it has to emanate from what is your ideal career goal, growth or goal right um i find i find a lot of people sending me emails sometimes even by linkedin itself just asking me about my journey and what advice i would give to them and i always say what have you identified as the impact that you want to make as a young professional let's start there and then identify whether this industry is the right industry for you and um, the reason i'm pinning it first to identifying who you are, is that I've seen, having said in some, you know, recruitment processes for university management, is I've seen people come with like the best marks in terms of their accounting degrees or undergrad and honors. But then when you ask them about what are their views on what's happening in the markets and stuff, they are passionateless, they, or they don't know anything. And then you, you ask yourself, you've gone through this process of doing the hard work, studying, but you haven't even identified how it fits in with the bigger, purpose of who you are. So let's first start with who am I? What are my interests? What, what kind of impact do I want to bring into the professional space and then select the sector or the job profile that you want to work in? Um, as I said, as I alluded, I grew up being very passionate about entrepreneurship. So things that revolve around people, like meeting new people, uh, pitching, bringing an idea to the market, marketing, those are things that I'm very passionate about. So when I stepped into uh, the business development role, hey guys, Oasis, actually the one who recruited me, um, is that what happened is I came in already in love with that aspect. So when I was growing into the industry, as I am now in asset management, I grew in already in line with my strengths, my passion, and my purpose. So it, that's my advice, yeah. I like what you said there. Basically, like self-awareness is key, understanding what you like, and what mm. you could add. Not just chasing the money because the money is never going to make you happy if you're in something that, that you don't enjoy. No. Moving on a little bit. So in business development, you do a lot of prospecting, but you also meet a lot of senior leaders and influential mm. people who manage hundreds of billions on behalf of pension funds. How do you stand in your power and show your abilities when being in meetings with people such as these? Um, I'm going to actually offer a different answer in the sense of I had to learn that I'm there to serve in the same way they are there to serve. 
there is a value that each one of us contributes and brings to the table. And yes, they, I have been in boardrooms and, and meetings where I've just felt, oh my gosh, my, my title is literally like this little and my, my impact is literally this little. But I've also learned the importance of they are there to serve the purpose to which they have to serve for their fund and their role. And I'm there to serve the purpose for which I'm there to serve for my employer as well as the clients in whom we represent. And that going into every meeting with that type of perspective a service perspective has helped me not to um, make myself feel small or feel that my contribution is insignificant or even have an ego trip or if if that makes sense which can happen in this industry yeah yeah i mean that i like that that's a, that's a great answer you summed it up from both sides a reminder if you if you have any questions for Tejo, please put them in the comments now we'll deal with the questions towards the end but just to make sure that we don't miss them Please, uh, please include them now. So you you moved a little bit from a financial planning role a few years ago, where your target customers were your consumers and your high net worth individuals or your wealthy customers, to to asset management, where your target customer is asset owners and pension funds. So from like a B two C to a B two B, what made you decide to make that switch? Um, I will actually link it to when I was in my studies. When I was completing my BAC degree, um, what had happened is in 2011, I'd actually failed my third year. And this was me believing that I was going to be a CA, but finding third year, like, brutalized me and I was like okay what are we gonna do and what happened is I sort of fasted for like three days in December that year after receiving my results and just feeling this is the first time I have failed like failure for me was a very foreign concept and I think a lot of people especially who are doing that degree have mentioned that I never failed until I got into this degree and I failed and I had to come to a moment of truth so what are you gonna do with your life like I had figured it out, I'm going to be a CA, and that's the only way. Um, and part of my process was that I prayed. I prayed to God, and I said, God, like, what is my life going to be about? What am I going to achieve and do? And one of the key things that came out of that prayer session was that, um, and that fast, was what I felt was like my life vision and my life vision was basically linked to the fact that I will be part of the business world. I will use my financial resources for um, empowering um, people as well as um, paying directly back into God's kingdom. But one of the key things is I saw him show me investment world. And at the time I had not really had a desire to be in the investment world. And and um, what I used to remember in my year when I was at the University of Free State, if you were in the CA, um, the BA class CA route, there was a lot of focus on auditing. So you never really learned about what a CA does outside of uh, pursuing the auditing path. So I was very ignorant in that sense of what is potential in terms of investment management, the private sector, what can be offered. And what ended up happening for me at the time is that I had friends who were in the, you know, um, investment management side, investment studies, and some were pursuing CFA even. And they all of a sudden, in the, in the next year, 2012, that's when we launched Genesis Africa. Genesis Africa was doing very well. And some of my friends were saying, you seem to really love business and, and um, investments as well. Why don't you try go that route? You know, and I was like, mm, I never considered that, you know, um, but when I joined Sunlam Personal Finance, I joined as a financial planner. And what I found is while I was doing uh, financial planning is that I actually enjoyed more the 
investment aspect of the business of my clients uh, portfolios than I did the the other aspects and that just drove a passion in me that okay this is a direction I want to pursue but if if anybody here is from Bluefontein and knows Bluefontein, Bluefontein does not have an asset management sector or industry at all so my only hopes would have been uh, Johannesburg or Cape Town and what happened is I ended up ironically getting a job at uh, PPS Investments in Bloemfontein, which ended up getting me uh, sent to Cape Town a few months later. As while I was in Cape Town, I met Uwes at a networking event at APSIP, hosted by APSIP, uh, and getting chatting from there, that's how I landed into basically institutional B2B. Yes, and that's the shortened version of how I moved in. Mm. So you touched on it a little bit about how you moved from Bloemfontein to Cape Town. But mm-hmm. why a lot of a lot of young professionals, especially if they come from Bloemfontein or Durban or something, they, they have to make this decision, do I go to Joburg or do I go to Cape Town? Most people go to Joburg generally. So um, what made you decide, okay, let me try Cape Town out, uh, not 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 necessarily Joburg? Is okay, this is I don't know. I know this to be on LinkedIn, right? So I have to like be honest and at the same time <laughs> Actually, actually, what got me to Cape Town was that my church the year before 2016 had a prayer fasting event. And what ended up happening is that after the prayer and fasting, I was sitting in a home style group, which is similar to like a life study group. And one of my friends, I think she might be watching as well. Her name is uh, Evodia. Evodia. And what Evodia had done is that she asked a question. She said, what do you think God is telling you? What are you what's next? And I literally blurted out in that meeting. Uh, I'm moving to Cape Town and literally a year later I was I had moved to Cape Town so for me to be honest it was a faith decision more than a strategic career move but why did I stay in Cape Town um, I think that was also very relevant considering like there has been articles like Adini Kongema who spoke about like why she moved from Cape Town to Johannesburg is that yes they have there are issues around our industry in terms of uh, going higher in terms of uh, what is it, roles and opportunities, especially as a black professional, investment professional in our industry. But what I found is I felt that I could stand out more in Cape Town than I could in Johannesburg. Um, In Johannesburg, as much as it offers greater opportunities for career advancement, I felt that sticking it out here in Cape Town would not only broaden my networks, but it would also enable me to stand out uh, in in, in in a city that is known not really great at retaining its black investment professionals. Okay. No, that's yeah. great. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And mm. so, I mean, depending on of, of how I know you and just even just from this discussion, people <laughs> will say, you appear, you're definitely a natural extrovert and a bit of a people's person. So, so those of us who are maybe a little bit more, in, who have a bit more introvert tendencies, what, do you, what advice do you have to, uh, if they wanted to move into, say, like a client-facing role? Maybe not all the way business development, but halfway. Any tips? So, what do you think? Client-facing roles. Um, it is true. It, it, there's a lot of you know this communicating, presenting, interacting. But uh, what I would give as a guideline is that first remember you're there to serve the client. The client is more interested in your output than how well you bedazzle them with your personality, and that has also been a key focus in how I do. How what the work we do here at Eon Investment Management is have a client focus that is so 
that is so excellent that it speaks for you even before you even meet the client. I mean, we have a policy here in the business that um, you review an email a few times before you send it, even if it's a simple response in the sense of even an email speaks on your behalf, right? And I find that we, we sometimes as an industry use, um, what is the word? How well a person speaks to denote how, how excellent they are. And that is actually a very incorrect assessment. So if there's anyone here who wants to be in the business development side or more client facing, my advice would be to remember your first day to serve the client, so serve excellently. And then once your excellence has spoken, they won't care how extrovert or not extrovert you are. They will just respect you. And that is what you ultimately want more of. And, and as long as so as long as you deliver, and, and I, I like that, <laughs> I like that. So I was looking at your LinkedIn profile a little bit before before we we, we came online, and and it states this is the primary role head of the business development. Then at the bottom it says there's a secondary role which is a growth area, and it goes into a few other details. Talk to me a little bit about that because that seems a little bit different to what what we talked about for the last few minutes. Okay, okay, this is now where I do my big debut. Um, so what is happening is that for the past uh, 18 months, I have been more of a, on a succession planning journey with uh, my boss, Asif Mohammed, who's also the founder of the Eon Investment Management. And he's going to be handing over the reins of CEO to me. So currently, wow. my silent, yay, my silent okay. title is <laughs> Thank you very much, Waze. Uh, you've been part of this journey and I appreciate you as well. Uh, so what I also write next to my name is, for instance, my email signature is head of business development um, and CEO designate. We have started communicating this to all our clients since last year, July, because that's when the decision was made more official by the board. And now I will now be CEO designate, I mean, sorry, CEO effective from the 1st of July, 2021. So an announcement will be made. Um, oh, okay, so we, we early, so we've got the announcement sooner. You heard it first, yeah, lovely. Yes, two is the skin of cats. Awesome, so glad. Let me just have a quick look if there's any. So there doesn't look to me too many questions. There's just people who haven't seen you in a long time who are very keen to the fact that, and very appreciative of, of, uh, of the advice that you've given. So it doesn't look like there's any questions. Are there any last words from your side or anything that we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? Um, okay, so from my perspective, thank you so much, first of all, always. I'm so, I'm so glad when I got the invitation because I've seen the caliber of people that you've been interviewing and you have made such great strides yourself. And it's really inspiring to see how you have become such a multidisciplinary um, professional. And I think that's the direction uh, that the industry is going to take. Um, financial services and other industries and that is actually a key point of what I would like to be one of my key giveaways or key insights to young professionals who are watching those even outside of the asset management business is that the time has come for young professionals um speaking more to young sorry young professionals to just step out of um just advancing their careers but also asking themselves how they can be of service to the greater um South African community, you know, I mean, 
what is the beautiful thing about us is that we have all the skill set and this know-how, but how do we translate the skill set and this know-how over and beyond just our immediate employers and also our immediate families? Is that we need to start finding places to serve. Um, I think we all are very aware of what is currently happening in our country, and we're actually all very aware of what needs to be done in order to change things. And one of the important aspects myself, I'm trying to remind myself, is what is the purpose of your job outside of your investment management? My role uh, coming up now as CEO would be also how can I greater serve my my not only my investor community but the South African community so that I live in an economy that is much better. I am currently I'm single. I don't have children. I'm not married. So what whatever I'm thinking is that I want to leave a legacy. But what I have to define that legacy, and a lot of that legacy is the impact towards education, entrepreneurship, as well as developing young people. So I believe that as young professionals, we need to find what are the legacies that we want to leave uh, because we have all the skill set and the know-how to sort of translate that into tangible difference for South Africa. Yeah, that's my key takeaway. No, that, that's, that's a brilliant summary. I mean, I mean, it's all about how can we I and mean, we all have a part to play in terms of, of, of reducing inequalities in this country. So you've summarized it brilliantly. Thank Just a reminder to everyone that, that the show is live on YouTube and, and on the podcast. We'll be on the podcast tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube or the podcast and you feel that the videos added value, please don't forget to like and subscribe so that you get automatically notified when the next one comes out. A reminder that our weekly discussion on Clubhouse about business and investing in South Africa is on a Monday at 5 every Monday. And let me know if you need an invite for, for interest sake. The Android apps will be coming up out in May. So we'll hold out for that. Atsiko, thank you so much for your time. I sincerely appreciate it. And thank you for seeing that you. No, thank you very much, Uwes. And I hope Ramadan is going well and keep going strong and winning. And this is a very important platform. It's giving valuable information, important interactions, and we can clearly see your growth as well. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining me for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye.